0: Welcome to the Two Old Kids and Two Young Adults podcast. We've combined life experience with young adult drive and ambition. Are you just starting to college plan? Did you finish your education and wonder, now what? Join us in this lively discussion about the topics you need to know to create the next stage of your life's dreams, careers, finances, education, and more. Welcome to this episode of Two Old Kids and Two Young Adults podcast. We've got a great topic for everyone today. If you followed any of the other episodes, you know that we really work hard to bring incredible information to our young adults as they're navigating through college and through career. And today we've got Alex, Capri, Ed and I here to have a fun discussion about your extracurriculars. I I can't say that word, help me say it. Extracurricular. curricular. It
1: was that one. (laughs) Extracurriculars. (laughs) Extracurriculars.
0: <laughs> ah, so with that, Adam, I'm going to toss it to you because my tongue is tied.
2: <laughs> well, listen, um, we had an episode not the, uh, a couple weeks ago where we talked about what you should be doing the summer from a career perspective, career development, part-time job, how to put those pieces together. And it occurred to us as the other side of that equation, which is what else should you be doing with your time in terms of extracurricular activities, leadership activities, and volunteer work. And then there's another question, which is what's the difference between internship and volunteer work? So we wanna talk about why that's important. And uh, before we started recording, I was showing my esteemed colleagues a little uh, graphic. I'm gonna put it up on the screen right now, and then we're gonna talk about it because it has to do with the application process. So for those of you who are listening and not watching, And by the way, we're all very attractive people, so you should watch us if you can. Uh, We're going to talk about this a little bit. It's the relative importance of application components for top 250 schools. So if it's the the pathway for 250 top schools, it's the one you should be paying attention for all schools. And they break it down by percentage. I'm going to go through it really quick, but I'm going to hit the brakes when we get to the part that's the most important. 15% 15% of the application admission processes test scores. We'll talk later why that's still relevant. 20% are grades and coursework, which surprised a lot of people because I get the question all, all the time, how important is that? The big one in the middle, 30% is extracurricular profile. What are you doing with your spare time? The other one is essays, 25%, which is why we have to spend a lot of time talking with students about that. And then 10% are recommendations, relationships, and interviews. So here's the deal. If you don't have activities, how do you get recommendations? And if you don't have activities, what do you have to write about? So if 30%, which is almost a third of the admissions process, is what you do with your free time, it's now time to talk about what you should be doing with it. And of course, we have our resident experts, Alex and Capri, who've been through this process before. Amy has gone through it with her daughter. I do this professionally, so we talk about this all the time. So folks, I don't know where you'd like to start, but maybe what we can talk about right out of the gate is what's the difference between extracurricular activities and an internship. And I got a really easy way to remember it. If it's an internship, you're getting something out of it. If it's volunteer work, somebody else is getting something out of it. So if you're trying to figure out what category something falls into it, it's the, am I getting something out of it or are they getting something out of it? If they get something out of it, I would look at that as kind of a outreach community outreach Program And that's what we're going to talk about today. So having said that, I've got a couple questions for our resident experts, the two young adults in the room. When you guys started in high school, how much emphasis was there on community outreach, uh, that type of volunteer work? How much of that was talked about when you were transitioning from middle school to high school?
1: I remember it was a very, it wasn't a huge discussion, to be quite frank with you. I remember, I don't know if it's changed at our high school, Capri, but I think to graduate was like 20 hours and I got that my first summer. It was nothing. So I got that done my first summer and then you started getting closer to college and you're like, oh wow, like Stanford is 100 hours minimum of queuing these services, just something like that. So... That's and I really started getting into gear and being like, "All right, I've really got to step up my game here—not just work at internships, but to get that, do that community outreach volunteering as well." Has the, have the requirements changed at all, Capri?
3: Um, they're still like the same twenty hours, but there yeah. is more emphasis now on like I think almost every teacher like has something in their window or on their wall, or like if you ask them for any volunteer opportunities, they'd like be happy to tell you about it. So it's definitely a bigger conversation now and more people are more aware that you need it for college as part of your kind of extracurriculars. And like, like you said, like some schools do have a minimum hours, but the requirement as far as how high school sets you up for college volunteering is still the same. It's still that same 20 hours, which I also did my first summer.
1: Yeah. So it sounds like it's a lot more accessible now. It's just yeah. very easy to just have that sort of conversation, even with the teacher, mm-hmm. Because I know it was very easy for me to just kind of, like, ask someone, hey, can I do community service? And they'd almost, they kind of help you out with it. But it's really cool that they're that much more accessible and just marketed now, it sounds like.
3: Mm -hmm. And also, a lot of the clubs at um, our school are growing because, like, obviously, you were one of the first classes there. And then I was, I think, the sixth class or something. But um, they've grown a lot. So a lot of the individual clubs have their own opportunities. Like, I know the environmental club has a beach clean up once a month and the um biomed club does things like make cards for kids in hospitals mm. so those are just more opportunities that are kind of built into other extracurriculars
2: so yeah. let me sorry alex go ahead buddy
1: how nope nope go ahead all good
2: so my son's school was 35 hours so let me kind of break this down for you because to me When they say that's required, it almost suggests that's enough. I think that 20 to 50 hours is required a lot of schools now. It wasn't that long ago where there was no community service requirement. So I would say 20 to 50 is like the minimum. If you're at 51 to 99, I would say that's pretty good. 100 to 149 hours, that's great. Anything 150 and above is a rock star. So Mm -hmm. if you've got four years of high school, then you should be trying to book out 30 to 50 per year. So when Alex and Capri says, I knocked that out in my first year, that's good. And if your student has done that, keep doing it. So to answer the question, what could my student be doing this summer? This is it. This is, and it's not a lot. I don't want people to think of it as a prison sentence. Like, I got to go do time and it's no, not rare, at all. And it's painful. It Find it's something like that you something like. Something you, like. you can do once a week.
1: Yeah, Good. exactly. Stuff Two hours. Out there. Super fun all have stuff. To,
0: yeah, there's a lot of fun stuff out there. A lot of nonprofit organizations that are looking for mm-hmm. help and want to show you what they're doing. I think there's a lot of outreach opportunities right now.
2: Okay. Absolutely. So, yeah. you guys want to brainstorm something with me? I got a student who is in this situation, who just finished up their freshman year. I'm going to give you the subject matter. You guys are going to help me help her. Now, I already went through it with her, but I want to see how sharp my hosts are. So here's the career objective. Let me just preface it by saying she's done a personality test. She's done a career diagnostic. It aligned with what she thought it was going to be. So here it is. She's either going to be a nutritionist or a dietitian. So, if you were trying to put together a community outreach program that aligns with her career goals, where would you tell her to start, or what type of work would you ask, think of her doing so that her resume that she's developing for admissions and for the real world aligns with what her career goals are? So Dietitian or nutritionist, community service, work, leadership? What type of stuff could you, would you recommend her looking at?
3: I mean, this is a really easy one, and I feel like it shows that you care about community and you care about making food more accessible, and you also might have the opportunity to provide a little knowledge to those at the place, but working at a food bank, super easy. You're literally working with food, making sure it's being distributed. And who knows, like someone might ask you a question, you would have the opportunity to teach them what you already know.
2: Bingo. We have a winner. This should be like family feud. We should have done top five to answers you. on the board. Here's the question. I'll food remember bank. that for next time. So yes. food bank, excellent suggestion.
1: I think even hosting on that note, kind of piggybacking off it hosting a food drive I know a lot of schools do that as well, too, where you get like the big boxes. You put, you know, cans of beans in there, non-perishables in there. Then you donate them to, you know, whether it's a homeless shelter, hospital. Um, I think that'd be another great thing to do. And it shows leadership opportunities and giving back to the the community as Mm -hmm. well.
2: Love so it. Excellent.
0: This yeah. This, yeah. this might be a stretch, but I was also thinking even volunteering at a um like assisted living or retirement home Wait. facility where <clears> you're <throat> helping serve, you're helping with their nutritional and their dietary needs for our aging seniors.
1: Mm-hmm. Homeless okay. shelter too.
3: Was,
2: uh, so food. all so three of those, you guys are dialed in. Go ahead, Capri. Those are three of the ones that I had too. Go Maybe ahead.
3: also on the younger side, um, working as like a waitress or hostess or server at like a health foods restaurant or a restaurant that you really enjoy, you kind of know how um, restaurant nutrition plays into that. You might pick up some of that.
2: Excellent suggestion. I like, look at this team go. I love it. (laughs) Anybody else got anything? All right. So let me share with you a couple other things. Yeah, that's a lot, right? So she got excited about that. The other thing that we talked about was her going to, um, she didn't know exactly where to start with talking to people about it. So her mom allowed her to create a LinkedIn account. She searched San Diego because we live in San Diego, San Diego nutritionist uh, and dietitian. She found somebody, reached out to them ask them for some advice on the career path, starting to have some dialogue, that's huge. Now, let's take it one step further, because here's one thing that she was not sure about. But if the high school does not have a program associated with what Alex and Capri was talking about, where it's a food bank, I even suggested starting a program where they can raise money, raise money for these backpacks for kids who don't have food in summer programs who don't have food when they go to school in the morning. So for underserved community, even raising money. So even starting a little 501 C three or a foundation or connecting with she's an athlete. So she, maybe that's something she could tie in with her coach PE instructor, science department. Um, I think Capri alluded to something like that. Um, that's kind of all the stuff that's plenty to work with. And back to my original statement, it does not have to be a prison sentence. It can tie directly into something that you're passionate about. Now, what was interesting, let me throw one out that she threw out and you tell me if you think it aligns with it. What about beach cleanup? Do you think that would be something that would fit in with the things that I've described to you that are interesting to her for her future?
1: I certainly couldn't hurt. I mean, it's a volunteer opportunity, Um, leadership. I feel like there's definitely a way after talking it through, there is a way to like work that way into her career field. Um, So she organizes it too. Maybe she has a club, you know, a nutritionist club, and they do, you know, monthly beach cleanups. There's certainly a way to have that angle with it, I feel like. Or with her, with her sports team. That would be a great thing to do for her to organize because that goes directly into nutrition. So getting your soccer team or whatever it may be. Hey, guys, let's go to Ponto Beach on Saturday. Two hours, clean up the beach.
2: Okay. That was Alex's thought. Capri, Amy, what do you think?
3: I mean, it it kind of tie It could tie into nutrition. I feel like, oh, nutrition isn't just like the things we eat, but it's also the things we surround ourselves with. That's more environment. And I think that's kind of what Alex is trying to say. And also, like you said, like it doesn't hurt to have more volunteer hours, but mm-hmm. if you have a better option, maybe you might want to go with that one.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh,
0: I agree with Capri on that one. Maybe still try the other options first that are still leaning more towards that direction that you're going and, and being cohesive with your, what you want your major to be. But it doesn't hurt to have those extra hours in case you need it mm-hmm. and show that you care about the environment.
2: Very good. So um, I would agree that It's a stretch to get there and kind of connect those dots. I think there are other viable options that are easier to make that connection. Um, Let's talk a little bit about athletics because, Alex, you were an athlete in high school. Capri, you were an athlete in high school. Um, I, I work with a lot of young people who are athletes. Is athletics good for extracurricular activities, bad, neutral? Where do you guys come out on that subject?
1: I definitely think they help, especially if you're a team captain of sorts. But um, at the end of the day, I just don't think it is enough to get by on its own. You need something else to, to supplement. You need the community service. You need to be a part of clubs. You need those other extracurriculars. For that 30% that you just showed us, Ed, sports by itself, in my opinion, it's just not enough. Yeah. Okay.
3: If you think of like a really, really, really good college application, like an Onion, hang with me an onion's kind of weird but it'll work out an onion has a lot of different layers and sports might be one of those outside layers but it's not that like core Mm -hmm. part of that onion that like that you want in all your food you know it might be more on the outside and if you're a kinesiology major like go for it sports are going to be a lot more important to some of your applications but if you're just like saying oh this is who i am Um, These are some things I've participated in. This is just another layer to who I am. Like Alex said, it's good, but that's not
2: you. You need some more. Amy, what are your thoughts?
0: I, I, that was such a great analogy, Capri. That was really brilliant. You guys amaze me every week. I'm like, wow, wow. These kids are just brilliant. Um, I agree. I think it's it's so many kids are in sports. We've got to show a, a lot more diverse range in what you're immersing yourself in, where you're stretching yourself and your time and your time management and what you're getting involved in that's Definitely in that wheelhouse of what your major is going to be, but also impacting the communities. Because you know, we, we, there, there's so many in sports, you've got to set yourself apart mm-hmm. and and rise above what everybody else's portfolio looks like. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I would completely agree with that. I I don't have the numbers sitting right in front of me, but I, the last time I checked, like UCLA had like 139,000 applications for yeah, admission. Wow. Um, you're looking at a competitive environment where a lot of young people are going to participate in sports. I think Alex hit the nail on the head. You don't know this going in, but anything that has to do with leadership, where you're a captain, co-captain, you won an award, um, multiple awards, and I understand that's part of your young adult life. That makes some sense. But to Capri's point, you better have some balance, Because that's not gonna be enough to break through. So if we were to go back to this example, this young lady, she's an athlete. She's, and I thought Capri made a good point. If the pieces connect, like she's an athlete and the there's an interest in medicine, there's an interest in um kinesiology is a word that you used or there's a mental component to it, right? There's some psychology, Alex, back to your major. If you can push those pieces together, it tells the university or the college that there's a plan and that you're executing that plan. So I think it's super important there. And I think what what was really neat about this young lady, she grabbed onto it and she ran with it. And I, I haven't been in high school for a very long time so capri you're no. the you're the the one who just came no. out of school do you remember ever there being like a vegan club or something like that is there is does that exist at the high school level
1: yeah i definitely remember it to um, be a club. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: well you didn't necessarily have a vegan club per se when i was there but the class that graduated before me as one of their at our school we have to do like a passion project before as a graduation requirement And they both wanted to become nutritionists. So they created a club called Health is Wealth Club. And they met each week to talk about one healthy habit, one thing you could do to improve your health, and like one new recipe. So it was really fun. And I was a part of it for the last two years. So I personally enjoyed it. They also put on like events kind of at their house where they're like, oh, we've talked about all these recipes, like, let's make one together or something, or like, we've talked it's about how moving your body can help you live a happier more or happier better lifestyle like let's go on a group hike together so it was just those types of things and I I think it was a great club it's still being continued as far as I know
2: yeah that's exactly what I'm talking about and I love the fact because there's nothing actually to a university college founding something or co-founding something is gigantic the initiative and the work that yeah. requires to do that is huge Um, One other thing that I would think of if I was an athlete, since there's probably going to be a lot of families who have athletes um, going out into your community and volunteering to teach that at a YMCA boys and girls club, a camp. Mm -hmm. I know Capri, you're involved with a lot of camp activity, anything that allows you to connect those dots and there's some logic to it. That's really a benefit of being an athlete is, you know, a lot of coaches you know, a lot of influencers in that space, particularly if you're doing that outside of the high school program, you can get a lot of people to help you with that. The nutrition side, the volunteer side, doing something at the middle school level, at the summer level, there's plenty of opportunities to do that. So you can get outside of your comfort zone as it well, as it were, just doing athletics. So I don't want to say, that athletics are bad because I think Alex made a really good point, which is you learned a lot about leadership and teamwork and communication and all of those things are very important, even in the workplace. Um, But there, it is a big, you can stretch out of that and still enjoy, you know, playing basketball and setting up a camp or participating Mm -hmm. in a camp or something like that. Um, So I think the last thing I wanted to talk about on this subject was documentation, I work with a young man, and we were talking about his, his community outreach work. He was like, I don't know if I have a lot. And I said, well, you better start documenting that now so that you don't have to wait till the last minute and do this on an application. Capri, Alex, you both did it. Amy, I know Elisa had to do it too. How much effort should be put into documenting that, particularly before you do your application for admission, and why is it important?
1: Oh, just proof right there. It's one thing to say, yeah, I did 150 hours of community service. Anyone can plagiarize that and make that up. But I know um, it's been a while for me. Capri, you'd probably know better, but aren't there like specific forms that you have to like yeah, give yeah. to the supervisor and they'll be that's like, all right, Capri been. had 100 hours for this date. Here's my signature. Uh, I think that's what it was for me. And I remember I had a little, little folder that I kept throughout all my college or high school years and submitted that. And good to go Yeah, it's so important to document everything especially because it can be pretty hard to remember everything it's four years Mm -hmm. so you gotta it's a long time you gotta document all that Be super thorough
3: exactly what alex said our school for like part of our 20 hours if we wanted to submit something um they basically it was a sheet that you could print out or pick up whatever and it had like stage creek blah 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 and then it was like this is the activity I did and you had to like like, write two sentences that were like your proof that you actually did Mm -hmm. something you weren't just like I watched my friend's dog and I didn't check on it I just (laughs) said it once a day no it's like oh I volunteered at a kids camp so I watched kids for 12 hours and I did different activities with them blah blah whatever and then there you also had to get someone from there to sign it off and get like a business card and whatnot and then you could submit it for your hours and i kept all of those actually i just like threw them all away the last week because my what? mom gave me clean up my room no. well like i didn't need them anymore and i have pictures on my computer
1: if i actually do she got what them. she needed
3: but yeah <laughs> and then also a lot of places um knew, or like a lot of volunteer organizations that I was part of, they knew that the kids were going to ask them for volunteers. So they gave you a log at the beginning of the year that you had to keep track of. And then like every meeting, it was just like new row, blah, blah, blah. Or if we did like something outside of the meeting, like volunteered at a 5k or a different fundraiser, you just added it below. You can honestly just do it all in a Google Doc. just make a giant table, do the date, the activity, what you did.
2: So I know Amy's got a couple yeah. questions, but let me just kind of put the, um, the exclamation point on what Capri said. The application for admission is going to ask you what you did. And it's going to ask you to tell them what you did in a very short amount of space. So you better write that all down. 150 characters. Yeah. And on top of that, they're going to ask you how many hours per week per year. So having that documented long before you get into that process and they have it at the state level, we're in California at the UC level, at the private school level, they're going to ask. So having it documented with, um, a brief description that's not mundane and ordinary. You got to kind of put some thought into that. So it sounds Mm -hmm. interesting is super important. And so let me just finish the story with this young man. I asked him how many hours community service athletics. He's like, I probably got, I don't know, 40, 50. I was like, well, that's not bad. And uh, he was a junior in high school, just finished his junior year. I said, let's document it. We went through it. And when he was done, he had 220 hours. (laughs) And he's like, that's way more than I thought. I'm like, it's exactly why we document it, because sometimes to the young adults in the room, you forget and you don't document it. And I know Capri and Alex talked about organization for college in our last episode. Organization for high school is kind of a big deal. and We forget. You don't want to be trying to figure out those numbers when you're up against a deadline for an application sit down think about it go through your calendar go through all your activities and document it and if you don't have much it won't be that hard but that will (laughs) tell you you got more to do but if you've done a lot and i know capri and alex both did a lot that's going to be gigantic and you'll realize wow i'm in really good shape and you can just fine-tune that stuff going into the end of your junior and the beginning of your senior year because you don't have a ton of time to do it in your senior year, applications okay. are due mm-hmm. fall and winter. Where are you going to squeeze that in? So, mm-hmm. um, summer of your eighth grade year, going in the freshman freshman year, going to sophomore. You get the drill. Junior, sophomore, junior, and if you got to squeeze it in a senior, we've given you some ideas. You just got to figure out how you're going to arrange it. So, that was my thoughts on that, Amy. I know you had a couple questions for the folks of the young adults in the room. What did you have on your mind? Our
0: experts.
2: Expert. Well, especially
0: since our audience is, is coming in here to learn and say, wow, I'm so glad I knew that. Hopefully, we make a difference that we're helping our young adults avoid some of the mistakes or let's say setbacks that that can occur so for both of you as you look back alex you haven't been out that long pretty <laughs> clearly you just finished thank Looking you back is there something that you would say oh if i had known this i would have navigated differently what was some of those i want to say maybe hurdles you had to overcome when it came to your extra extra i'm not saying that word again extra help you and <laughs> your activities that are extra, extra, <laughs> your extra activities and your <laughs> volunteering. What, what did you not know that now you can say, Hey, here's, here's, um, here's what I would advise myself. if I could go back again, six years.
1: That's a Ooh. good question.
0: Yeah.
1: I think one of the biggest things for me is I really would have loved to have started a club and I feel like it's pretty easy to, I just didn't really know how to get started. I feel like knowing what I know now about how many adults just want to help you knock on your teacher's door, knock on your counselor's door, ask them, how can I get a club started? Can you be my advisor? Can we host it in your room, in your office? Would have been huge. I mean, it's one thing to be part of a club, <clears throat> putting on a college application. That's great. But founding a club, that is huge. I know a lot of the people who I know got to some of the best schools, got some of the best scholarships. They like actually founded clubs. Wow. So I was just getting out of my comfort zone having those conversations with those adults who I know now would have loved to have helped me. That's one thing I would have loved to have done. And again, too, a kind of cold approaching people about an idea that you have builds confidence, great interpersonal communication skills that you are consistently communicating with an adult. So a little business of source that you are running with them and coordinating with them. It might be a funny analogy, but um, no, it's, I feel like that's super important. And I feel like we've said this quote a lot. It's you got to get comfortable being uncomfortable so I wish I'd done that I wish I'd founded a club especially knowing all the resources that are out there
0: awesome
3: yeah I definitely agree with what Alex has to say um I well what just happened in my voice um there wasn't many things that I was like super passionate about going into high school and if I definitely if I went in or if I redid high school now I definitely have things that I would want to start a club about um but it was also really important to me since I knew I wasn't starting a club that I could be on the leadership for the club so I was president for a few clubs and then vice president for a few other clubs and I feel like that contributed really well because it's like it still showed that I was passionate about those things but I didn't want to do all the work to like reinvent the wheel you know why make a club that already exists if everyone's like already engaged just like join it and then become engaged in it. And then one thing I would have done differently that we've already talked a bunch about here is um, participating in extracurriculars that really aligned with my major because I've known what I've wanted to do for a while, like since the beginning of high school, but it didn't really occur to me that I could volunteer in a high in a hospital until Mm. um, past COVID happened and you couldn't really volunteer in a hospital but a lot of people that I've talked to had like workarounds and I was like, oh, like if I had spent a little more time researching researching how to spend my volunteering time effectively, I definitely think I could have come up with some pretty cool opportunities. Right. Yeah. Hindsight,
2: that, right? Yep. I know. They, but I'm glad you shared that. That's huge. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where again, the reason we put this program together is it's stuff that people just don't think about young people adults I mean when I was in high school I don't I don't remember even all I thought about was athletics and it was like in music so I mean I was thinking yeah you yeah, <laughs> know it, it was it was like only two things it wasn't like there was, was this it. wide variety of options or even things you could do um, I, I think it's super important for us to have this dialogue and this conversation Amy do you have any other uh any questions
0: No, you guys, that would, it's just brilliant the the way you're able to share your experiences so openly, so being so vulnerable as well. And I hope that it's really making a difference for anyone listening right now to say, oh, wow, I'm so glad they just said that because this could really change the game for somebody. If like you're saying, you come out of eighth grade and you start thinking about your community service and where you want to volunteer and and your major at that time, imagine where you could be as you start doing those apps right before your senior year. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. And I think, I think the idea of um, experimenting a little is okay. But if it doesn't work for you and it doesn't align, you need to start to move in a different direction so that Mm -hmm. it can align with your, your career objectives and your, the major you want to study. And I think it's, once you do that, you make the commitment, like that's what you're going to do. When I was working with this young man, it wasn't just the quantity of hours. he literally had them in three buckets and one of them was music. The other one was um, community service in terms of getting out and building houses. And, and I don't remember what the other one was, but they were very, very unique. And the hours were like 50, 60, 70, 50, 60, 70, 50, 60, 70. And he just was on that track. The only thing he didn't do is he just didn't log the time. So mm-hmm. being consistent is better than being a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of this. I'm just sprinkling a lot of different things all over the place. It doesn't suggest that you have a, a concrete idea. You can get away with that at the beginning, but as you mature and you go through high school, sophomore, junior, senior year, those things should be entrenched and you're staying in those silos and you're getting mm-hmm. the experience that you need. And if you are going to shift, just stay in the same lane. You're just gonna jog over one, and you're gonna go. Okay, using our example from before, I'm I was raising money for the homeless, uh, for a soup kitchen. I'm now I just moved over to raising money for young people, uh, a food a food bank. So it's you can stay in the same genre. You can move around in there. You just can't go. I'm going to do a beach cleanup. I'm going to do food bank. And then, by the way, I'm also going to whatever. I'm going to build paper airplanes or something. It just, <laughs> Those pieces don't all fit, right? So those are my thoughts. You guys were awesome. I put you on the spot, and you responded like rock stars. I love that. And uh, I, I don't know if I don't have anything else. I think Alex Capri, you were awesome guest co-host host today. Um, Amy, thanks for your input on it too. Let's see. Amy brought us in. I mean, Alex, you're taking us
1: out. It is my turn. Well, thank you guys for listening to the Two Old Kids, Two Young Adults podcast. Um, again, document those community service hours. Start thinking ahead right now. You're really going to start setting yourself up for success. If you like what you listen to, like, subscribe, tell your friends about us. And this is Alex Sonk and Ed Sanderson, Amy Scrubs, Capri Suarez, signing off.
0: Make sure and subscribe to this show so you don't miss the next episode of Two Old Kids and Two Young Adults podcast. We want to hear from you as well. You can email us at 2OK2YA at gmail.com.